Right, in today's video we're going to be dealing with um, quite a difficult subject. I think this is my 22nd attempt at making this video, so please be patient with me. I am doing the best I can with this. It's a difficult question. The question is, where in the book of Hebrews does it clearly indicate that it is written for believers in the tribulation? All right, the book of Hebrews is a fascinating book, one of my favorite books in the entire Bible. That being said, it is also a very challenging book, especially in certain passages. And whenever I discuss this in our Bible school, whenever I, I teach the book of Hebrews, I usually take at least 30 minutes, sometimes up to an hour, just dealing with this question. Uh, so I'm going to try to do the best I can to summarize it and succinctly tell you why I believe it is aimed at believers in the tribulation. But if I can answer the question with a quick answer, this person's asking, where does it clearly indicate that it's written? Nowhere. Nowhere in the book of Hebrews does, uh, does it clearly indicate this is for believers that are, that are living after the rapture and before the second coming of Christ and before the kingdom is established. There is no clear verse like that. I believe there are some compelling reasons to consider that the author of Hebrews, when he wrote this book, had in mind that the people he was writing to needed to be convinced of the truth of Jesus Christ because they would see him during their lifetime. He would physically return and establish the kingdom during their lifetime. And that means that this apostle, or whoever this was, the, this friend of an apostle who wrote this epistle, he was aiming his comments and his teachings to an, to an audience that could potentially be in the end times. Now, I will readily admit that whoever wrote the uh, epistle to the Hebrews, he was alive during the church age. And the people who first received it were alive during the church age. That is clear. However, I also know that there are times in the Bible where you find something written during one generation, and they are under a, a, a certain covenant system or dispensation, if you'd like to use that word. And it was written then, but the things that were written applied for a future generation. That's not completely unheard of in the Bible. So let me give you the, the reasons that I feel are compelling to consider that the, uh, the book of Hebrews is applicable during the tribulation. All right, first of all, there are some doctrinal issues. According to the Pauline epistles, 1 Corinthians 10, 17 says we are partakers of Christ. We are partakers of that one bread, and there's, it's a metaphor there for Christ. In Ephesians 5, we're members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones. It's a very clear teaching for Paul. Once you receive Christ by faith, you're baptized into the body of Christ, and you're in the body of Christ. You have partaken but in Hebrews chapter 3, verse number 14, the author wrote, For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. That verse is conditional. He says, we are made partakers if. If we hold on to our confidence, that, that faith in Christ that we have, we have to hold on to that unto the end. And if we do then we are made partakers. So I look at that and I say, okay, if, if Paul says we're already partakers and then this author says we have to wait to become a partaker, 
then we must be dealing with two different audiences. So that's one reason. Hebrews 6 ties into this as well. It's the same kind of, it's a, it's a doctrinal issue. Hebrews 6 verses 4 to 6, so many people have asked questions about this. It is not an easy passage. Every time I see a commentary uh, in, a, in a bookshop, I, on the book of Hebrews, I grab it and open to this passage and see what do they have to say because I'm interested to learn and, and maybe hear something new so that I can consider a, you know, a new perspective on this. I only see one way to take it, that it is impossible for someone who is saved, if that person falls away, it's impossible for them to be renewed again unto repentance. They cannot be saved again. I, I don't see any other, any other way to take that. Now, I know the ways that people do deal with it. They say, well, it's hypothetical. If you could fall away, then you couldn't be renewed to repentance. I, I've looked at the Greek. I've looked at the English. I just don't see anything hypothetical about that, uh, that passage. And the other way that people deal with it is to say that in chapter 6, the people that have tasted of the heavenly gift, tasted the good word of God, partakers of the Holy Ghost, they're not really saved. They tasted of, of the word of God that is somebody preached to them. They're partakers of the Holy Ghost, that is, they were under conviction. But they never, ever got saved. They got close, but then they fell away. And if that's the case, then the unpardonable sin is getting close and falling away. Um, if that's the case, you, you get one shot at receiving Christ, and if you don't receive Him, you can't be renewed again unto repentance. Now, I've, I've read a couple other authors that say that the people are not saved, they come close, and then they reject. And, and what's impossible about the, about the situation is that it's impossible for them to be saved by anything else other than Jesus. Well, yes, I agree with that, but I don't think that's what this says. So, if I understand it correctly, these people get saved, and then, if they fall away, they're, they're lost. That matches Hebrews 10, verse number 26. If we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. I don't see any other way to understand that. These people had the knowledge of the truth. They turn away. That's it. Right. Then I look at the Pauline epistles, and I see a very different story. It, it seems... To me, that somebody, once they enter the body of Christ, they're seated in heavenly places. They are eternally secure in Christ. They are preserved in Christ. So, I, again, that doctrinal issue, I don't see how you can have Paul saying one thing to the body of Christ and then the author of Hebrews, if he's addressing people that are under the same dispensation, living in the same church age, if, if his comments are meant for those people, then we have a bit of a of a head-on collision there, unless, and this is, this is why I take the approach I do, if you rightly divide the word of truth and you allow the doctrine that is being taught to be the dividing factor, to say, okay, because this is taught, it must apply to the body of Christ, and if something different is being taught, uh, then it's not for the body, it's for somebody else. I, that's, that's one of my compelling reasons. It compels me to believe 
the book of Hebrews doctrinally is aimed at end-time believers pressing into the kingdom. Um, there are verses in Hebrews 2 and Hebrews 12 that, that seem to support the idea that I've just mentioned. In Hebrews 12, there's a comparison. He says, you're not come unto Mount Sinai, so you're not dealing with an Old Testament situation. You are come unto Mount Sion. Uh, there's, a new, there's a new sacrifice being offered, that is Christ. Uh, there's a new group being dealt with. Uh, you're not going to be part of the nation of Israel. You are a, a separate entity. And it, he gets on down to verse number 28 and says, Wherefore we receiving a kingdom. So this Mount Sion that he's referring to in the passage is like a synonym for the kingdom. It's part of the kingdom. The author is not addressing things that pertain to the body of Christ. So it seems. So it seems. In, in chapter 2, in verse 5, he says, For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. So the author realizes in his, in his mind, in his epistle, he is addressing things that deal with the world to come. Uh, and that's another way of referring to that kingdom age. But as I've said, I, I think the teachings of Paul are clear enough that we know how God operates with the body of Christ. And then when we come to the book of Hebrews, it's clearly talking about people that are pressing towards that kingdom and they are not yet made partakers of Christ, uh, but they can be if they hold on unto the end. So because of, of those doctrinal reasons, that's, that's the really compelling factor for me to look at the book of Hebrews as if it is meant for a different time than what we're dealing with now. A, a, somebody in that end times, that tribulation time. Right now we're dealing with the body of Christ. So as I mentioned at the beginning of the video, this is a very in-depth subject. There are lots of other things that I, I could mention about it, but I hope that I've said enough so that whoever asked about this understands where I get this position from for the book of Hebrews. Uh, I am open to new ideas on this. I've, as I've mentioned, I've tried to read as much as I can about it, but there's always room for more learning. So if you have something um, to say on this matter, please feel free to leave it in the comment section below. If this video has helped, you can click the like button. If you'd like to follow along with our Bible Q&A blog, you can click subscribe. Feel free to leave a Bible question in the comment section below or visit us on our Facebook page, Bible Baptist Church of Pachastruam. And if you live in town, we'd like to invite you to one of our services, and we hope to see you soon. May God bless and have a great day further.